series called What's in Your Hand? And we have been talking for six weeks about using what the Lord has given you to use. It may not feel like much in our hand. However, this is a very churchy phrase, but I'll never forget the first time I heard it. When God puts his super on our natural, it's simple math. What do we get? Supernatural. Come on. When God puts his super on our natural, what do we get? Supernatural. I mean, it's good to remember sometimes the basics. It is good to remember that we have a supernatural God who is not made of flesh and blood, who is not of this world. Why is it good to remind ourselves of that? Because things in this world go wrong. Because things in this world are a mess at best. But we have a Father, a God, and we are a part of a kingdom that is in this world, but not of this world. This was not part of my notes, but I think somebody needs to hear this. We're actually called ambassadors of the kingdom in the New Testament. Do you know why that word's important, ambassadors? If you know anything about ambassadors, they are under the governance and under the laws of the country they come from, no matter what country they step foot in. Do you know that? They're under the protection of the law of the country they are from, no matter what country they are in. Now think about that as a believer. We are in a world that we are not of. We are of a kingdom. We are ambassadors from a kingdom that is built off of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So when this land, when this world says you shouldn't have any peace, when this world says you shouldn't have any joy, when this world says, look at your righteousness, it's as filthy rags, we need to remind ourselves that's the law of this land. But the law of my country, the law of my kingdom, says I have joy no matter what's going on around me. The law of my land says that peace is resident on the inside of me, and I can experience it when it makes no sense to my mind. That's the land we're from. We're ambassadors. And there's nothing this world can do to lock us up or to hold us down or hold us back unless we allow it. So let's not allow it. If you don't quit, you win. I can tell you that with 100% confidence. As a believer, if you don't quit, you win. So when we take what we have in our hand and we use it, our natural partners with the super and it becomes supernatural. I've been saying this every week. This is the last time I'll mention it. David had five stones and in his hand, they were just five stones. But when he released them, when he used them, they became weapons of warfare. They became stepping stones to the next stop on his journey. They led him to the throne. Moses had a stick, and when he laid it down, it became a snake and started the process of setting the people free. You have something in your hand, and I'm talking about something physical. I'm talking about inside gifts. I'm talking about whatever you have thought to yourself, I don't have enough to do what you've called me. You have enough right now. Use what you have, even if it doesn't seem like much. And watch God use that to take you to the next step. So here's how we're closing all of this out. Today, I'm going to focus on the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit and all nine gifts that he gives you are resident and in the hand or in the spirit 
of every believer. You have to choose to use them. Did you know one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit or the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Do we know these by heart? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And here's one some people forget. Self-control. Do you know the Holy Spirit is not going to force you into using the gifts he's given you? He's not going to force you to use the gifts he's given you. How many of you have gift cards on your shelf that somebody gave you in the past year and they're just sitting there gathering dust? Because guess what? I don't need Chili's all that much, but I got a Chili's gift card. And if you like Chili's, let me know. I got a gift card that I'll let you have. Lisa likes Chili's. I guess I'm using my Chili's gift card. My wife just said I like Chili's. Guess who's having Chili's for lunch? <laughs> no, it's not me because we have a, a volunteer lunch lunch. We'll have chilies for some time. Triple dipper. Okay. You're not forced to use the gifts you're given in the natural unless something weird is happening. But here's the same thing. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. He's not going to go against his own, his own personality and force you into using gifts. So many times I've talked to people that said, I don't pray in tongues because it's just never happened to me. It's not something that happens to you. Praying in tongues is something you have to do. You got to move your mouth. You got to let that language come out. And let me tell you, if you've ever tried to pray in tongues and your brain said, wait, that's not it. You sound ridiculous. You're on the right path because praying in tongues is spirit. Your mind is flesh and your mind's going to get all weirded out every time something spirit happens. Right? How many times have we been in a church service and somebody starts praying in tongues that makes you a little uncomfortable? It's because your flesh says, ooh, that's weird. But let me tell you, your spirit is saying, no, 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 this is great. Let's join in. This is what we're going after. The issue is that we are at times more aware of our flesh than what's happening in our spirit. But just like Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we have to renew our mind to the word, renew our mind to the spirit because we live in a world made of flesh and blood and that's what this body is made of and if we're not careful and if we don't renew our mind to what's happening in the spirit our flesh will try and run from spirit stuff but you got nine holy spirit gifts on the inside of you and you can choose to operate in every one of them every one of them they are for every believer. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And you can say woman right there. That means mankind. That means humans. It means believers. So the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one, this is what confuses some people sometimes, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to self to another the interpretation of tongues, but all these worketh that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man se severely as he will. Some people take that and mean, that means some people have the gift of prophecy. Some have the gift of wisdom. Some have the gift of tongues. No, it says in the very first sentence, every man, these nine gifts are for every believer. Some 
operate more strongly in certain gifts than others. There are people in this room who are very good at sports, very good at basketball, baseball. Every one of us has the ability to pick up a basketball and shoot it through a hoop. There are some that do it a lot more often than us and are just born with some natural abilities and they are better at it than me and you. Some of you, I could beat on one-on-one. There's a lot of you who could beat me in one-on-one, right? But we have this same gift. We all have this ability. Some work on it a little more. Some are just born with some natural talent. There's some people who are, have some kind of special anointing to operate in the gift of faith, maybe on, on a very significant level. However, you also have the ability to operate in the gift of faith. That is a gift. Have you ever thought of faith as a gift? It's not something you're trying to get more of. You might be trying to get out unbelief. You might be trying to get more belief. That's housed in your brain. But faith is housed in your spirit. And it says in the book of Romans, every believer is given the measure of faith. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Here's all nine in list form, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, gift of faith, gift of healing, gift of miracles, discernment, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. If you didn't know this, uh, we are a Bible-believing, Jesus-loving, Holy Ghost, fire, uh, charismatic, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues church. That's what we are. That's our heritage. That's, that's 30 years right here in this location. And my dad did this for 12 years in the Methodist church and years before that. So that's who we are. And if you're here you're a part of this body, man, that's what you have been invited into if that hasn't been a part of your life. And if it hasn't, man, you're not hearing condemnation today. You're hearing an invitation into stepping into something that is inside of you that you've just never unlocked. But let me tell you, when you unlock the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life, you will find yourself operating in more victory than you've ever found. You'll find yourself hearing the voice of God more clearly than you've ever heard the voice of God. You'll find yourself, instead of making a plan to be sick, instead of making a plan to be taken down by allergies, all of a sudden, you'll be making a plan just to be well. And before you know it, you will be well. And will you be condemned? And will you feel guilty sometimes when your flesh becomes weak and maybe you start giving in to some of this stuff? No, you're not going to feel condemned, but you're going to rise up and you're going to begin to declare the word. And if you're here, you're going to have brothers and sisters around you that will stand with you and encourage you. And instead of saying, oh, look at you, looks like you just can't get well. No, no, we're going to grab your hand and we're going to move together forward and we're going to declare the word together. Amen. And if we've got to make some chicken soup for each other, we're going to do that too. And we're going to take care of each other. But man, we are going to go after the Holy Spirit because let me just say this. If we're not using the gifts of the Holy Spirit as the body of Christ, what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we a body with no power or are we a body that is filled with wall-to-wall Holy Spirit? Come on. These gifts are for every believer. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 16. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. 
They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. If they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Do you believe? Are you a believer? Because that's the one requirement. Are you a believer? Let's see some hands. Are you a believer? Put the hands up. So you, you, you that have your hands up will cast out demons in the name of Jesus. You will speak in new languages. None of this on your own power, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll be able to handle snakes with safety. We're not going to get any. We don't have any snakes here. That verse makes people really nervous. <laughs> Uh, you can handle snakes with safety if they drink any if you drink anything poisonous it won't hurt you you'll be able to place your hands on the sick and you will see them healed this is the normal Christian life or should be the normal Christian life it really should be and and, and there's countries uh, that aren't called the United States of America where this is the normal Christian life because if they're not seeing the miraculous in those countries there's no way to survive there's a lot of countries that, that, don't, that, that can't make a plan so simply to, to be sick. It's like get healed or nothing else. Yeah. There's countries where if you don't get healed, you're gone. There's places in this world where if you don't cast out demons, then there's no therapy or, or medicine that can, that can uh, pacify those thoughts that you're letting in your head and, and keep it out. I'm grateful for all that stuff. I'm sure it, it serves its purpose. But... When all that stuff isn't readily available, it's act on the word or pay the price. There's some of us that need to draw a line in the sand and say, I, I'm not going to plan on this illness anymore. I'm not going to make a way for myself to give in to this depression again. And I'm telling you, you are in the right place to be surrounded by people that will go with you on that journey and won't leave you hanging. Here's something that blows my mind, and it has to do with the Holy Spirit being resident on the inside of you. Jesus said in John 16, verse 7, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. How many times, I thought about it a million times, how many times have I thought, I wish I could just walk with Jesus. I wish I could be with him in the physical. I wish he was here with us right now. I wish I could have been one of the disciples. I wish, I wish, I wish. But Jesus said himself, actually, it's better that I'm not with you in the flesh because then I'm with you in the spirit. The Holy Spirit resident on the inside of you is a more real reality than Jesus walking beside of you in the flesh every day. Doesn't our brain tell us the opposite? That the more real reality is Jesus walking beside us in the flesh, but Jesus himself said, no, no, no. No, that's temporary. That's temporary. It's flesh, and I'm telling you, it's better for you if I'm with you in spirit. You... You, me, have a better deal than the disciples had walking with Jesus. Amen. God, is that amazing? Have you ever thought about that before? If you haven't, man, take that thought with you and keep thinking about it. Jesus said it, not me. He said it's better for you. What you have on the inside of you is better than Jesus walking beside you in the flesh every day. That's awesome.
So how do I operate in these gifts of the Spirit? Let's talk, let's say them one more time. The words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, gift of faith, healing, miracles, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues. If I have time, I'm going to go down this list and kind of define what each of these are very quickly, which I always say this, if I have to move fast, I'll send you my notes, which are way more detailed than the message I'm going to deliver today. But I'll email you my notes, I'll send them to you, and you can have a very detailed list of Bible verses and references and, and all this to go back to as a reference point. So I'm going to move through them quickly. However, if I don't have time, I'm going to focus every minute we got on speaking in tongues today because that's what the Lord told me to do. It's also Pentecost Sunday. This is the day the church globally celebrates the birth of the church. This is the day the church celebrates eight weeks after the resurrection that the Holy Spirit entered, uh, well, fell onto the disciples in the upper room like fire descended upon them and those fire above them. And this is the day that they, they walked out of the room speaking in tongues and everybody said, you're drunk. And they said, no, 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 we're not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. That'd be impressive if we were drunk at nine in the morning. However, more impressive is that we are speaking in these languages through the power of the Holy Spirit who now dwells on the inside of us and is available to every one of you. This is the day we celebrate that as a church globally. Isn't that awesome? This is Pentecost Sunday. What better day to talk about the Holy Spirit? Here's how we do it. Here is step one and step two. Oh, I love a good step one and step two program. I love it because anybody can do like step one. And once you're there, you, anybody can do the next step. It's step two. You can do it. Step at a time is the way you do things. Here is step number one. You're going to think, no, that's too simple. These two steps are way too simple. If you are a believer, Born again believer, Holy Spirit resident on the inside of you. How do I know if the Holy Spirit's resident on the inside of me? If you believe. That happens when you believe. So if you are a believer, here's how you operate in these nine gifts. Number one, you have to want to. You got to want to. I bet you 90% of this church would stand up right now and say, no one's going to make me do something I don't want to do. I know for a fact, because I've talked to some of you, there are things that are very positive things you could add to your life. But if someone tells you to do them, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do the opposite. Don't you tell me to eat a salad. I don't want to. I'm going to eat a cheeseburger right now. Listen here, sir. You really need a salad every once in a while. Don't you tell me. Don't you tell me what to do. You got to want it. And if you don't want it, if you just want to be honest with yourself and say, I don't want it, my prayer is that something sparks on the inside of you during this service and says, I want it. Because it only takes a moment. It only takes one second for something to change on the inside of you and for you to say, I want it. That's my prayer. That's my prayer. You got to want it. Where does this come from? 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Paul is writing this. He says, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But how? Let me show you a way of life that is best of all. He goes on right here to talk about love. Every time I talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you will hear me say this several times. They are not worth anything if you're not operating in those gifts through a spirit of love. Jesus said, there'll be people that cast out demons in my name. There'll be people who worked wonders, but I'll have to say, I don't know you. So as we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, just remember, 
They are very important, but they are just clanging sound and symbols when they are not operated in in a spirit of love. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, let love be your highest goal. Back to this. This is after the chapter he talks about love. He says, let that be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Step one, you have to want to use those gifts. I got to want to go to Chili's to pick up that Chili's gift card and go to Chili's and order whatever we were talking about, the triple dipper. Uh, I don't know. I don't normally desire that, but I guess we're going to Chili's. <laughs> we'll have chili salads. You got to want to use those gifts to use them. Because if you don't want it, remember the fruit of the Holy Spirit, self-control. If you don't want it, you're not going to be forced into it. That is not what happens. Number two is another good one. You have to cooperate. That word is a... Uh, What's it called? Two words together? Co and operate. Conjunction? No. Compound. Yes, compound. Now, people are shaking their head. I said two different things and different people shook their head for each one. <laughs> You're not all right. So it's, it's one of the two, but this is two words in one. Co-operate. Yeah. Cooperate. Co-operate. Well, my kids aren't getting along. One of them wants to watch one thing and one of them wants to watch another. We have to have a conversation. Why don't you just cooperate? Figure something out together. Watch the first thing, then watch the second thing. I don't know. There's all kinds of solutions to issues, right? When it comes to the Holy Spirit, He's not forcing you. So you have to co-operate. You and the Holy Spirit are sharing one body here. And this body can do about one thing at a time. If you're like me, you definitely can only do one thing at a time, right? However, you got the Holy Spirit and yourself walking around in this piece of earth body meat thing right now for a few years. You have to cooperate with him and allow his gifts to be used in this body. We're going to have a series here coming up soon. One of the things we're going to focus on is just like God is a three-part being. You and I have three parts to us, spirit, soul, and body. That's actually found in the Word. And if you allow me to explain it to you and teach it to you, it will make so much sense to you. There'll be a lot of things that have been hard for you to understand that will actually become much simpler for you to understand. It'll fill in some blanks for a whole lot of you if you will allow that. Uh, if you will allow that. So... Spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit's the Holy Spirit. Your soul is kind of like your personality. We can get into a much deeper part of that here in a few weeks. But guess what? That's all housed right here in this body. You have to cooperate. Cooperate with the Holy Spirit because His work, His gifts, He will give you opportunities to use them. And then when you want to do it, and you say yes to him, you will find yourself with words of knowledge for people. You'll find yourself getting revelation about where the Lord's leading you and your family. And all of a sudden, the path in front of you won't look so dark and clouded. It'll become clear. You'll begin to pray in tongues. And let me tell you, when you pray in tongues, you're praying things you could never pray for in English. And I'm going to get into uh, an explanation for that here in just a few 
minutes, but you have to do it. Uh, Lisa and I and a, and a really good friend of ours, really good friend, a couple that we have known for years, started a ministry years ago together called City Youth. And one of my favorite things that have ever been a part of my life was this thing called City Youth. We had an hour-ish in this school where we held a service for teenagers and we didn't have time to do altar ministry because we had to clean up real fast. So we gave our youth workers permission to minister to people as the Holy Spirit led them, whether it was during worship. We even said, hey, if it's during the message and the Lord gives you a word for somebody, I don't we just had to make time for, for ministry. We said, you know, ask them if they'd like to, to step out of the, the aisle with you and have a word for them. We had teenagers getting words of knowledge every night. And I'm telling you detailed stuff. I will never forget the day before City Youth. My little sister, who was like nine at the time, too young to be in youth, but we used to take her. And she was praying before service. And she held up this piece of paper and it said, I'm going to pray for someone named Alexis. She'll be wearing a purple sweater. And I said, do you know a girl named Alexis? And she said, no. Well, that night she opened her eyes during worship. There was a girl in a purple sweater standing beside her. And she said, is your name Alexis? This little girl said, yes. And Abby said, I need to pray for you. And she prayed for her. And it was a powerful, powerful moment. There was a time Lisa and I were doing ministry on the campus of Appalachian State University. This is a very uh, funny kind of story. But here's what the Lord told me. I needed to go find somebody and pray for him. He'd be wearing a fedora with a feather in the fedora. That's pretty detailed. I said it out loud, kind of feeling foolish. And as I said it out loud, my friend Jonathan was in the room with us. And he says, uh, like the guy skateboarding past the window right now. And there was this guy skateboarding past the window that had a fedora on with a feather in it. I ran outside and he was gone. He was skateboarding and I was on foot. He was gone. But I said, Lord, you're going to bring him back into my path. Like five hours later, I saw him in a coffee shop. I had a word for him. The Lord told me that his mom had just received a cancer diagnosis in Alabama. I walked up to this guy and I said, hey, does your mom live in Alabama? He said, yes. I said, was she just diagnosed with cancer? He said, yes. And I said, man, God wants to heal your mom. Can we pray for her? And he said, oh, man, I'm so thankful the universe sent you to me. And I said, no, 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 the universe didn't send me to you. God, Jesus sent me to you. The Holy Spirit sent me to you. Let's pray for your mom together. That's called a word of knowledge. And that is for every believer. You can have a word of knowledge. It will rock somebody's world if you walk up to them and you say, listen, here's what the Lord is speaking to you. Do you know what the Bible says about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit? The fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, that leads people to you when you operate in the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control. People see that operating in you and they say, hey, what do you have? I need to be close to you. And then the gifts of the Holy Spirit point them straight to Jesus. When the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are working in tandem, man, it is an unstoppable force and it points people straight to Jesus with no questions. The universe didn't send me to that guy. He doesn't think that anymore. Because it was Jesus. It was Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit lead people to you. The gifts of the Holy Spirit lead them to Jesus. That's what we're called to do as believers. And the Holy Spirit is available for every one of us to be uh, in cooperation with and operate in these nine gifts. So the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, they're for every believer. They are resident inside of you, whether you use them or not. 
a little bit like that Chili's gift card on my shelf. You have to want to use it. You got to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Step one. Step two, let's talk about those nine gifts now. I know that was a lot. But I told you that I'll send you these notes. That was good. Thank you. I appreciate that. In my flesh, boy, I need, I need so much affirmation, but I'm not <laughs> flesh alone. I am spirit. <laughs> Number one, we said was word of knowledge. I'm going to give you, like I said, a very quick definition of each of these. I don't even think I'll get into examples. I'm definitely not going to be able to get into scripture references for these first seven. So I have references for all these. I got examples of these being used in the Bible. And I got examples of them being used uh, in my own life that I've seen, in my wife's life that she's seen. And uh, it's very encouraging. Like, you should ask me for these notes. I'll send them to you. Words of knowledge. This is a supernatural revelation from God about any fact or event. We actually saw Jesus operate in a word of knowledge when he called uh, I believe Philip to come follow him. He said, I saw you underneath the tree. That was a word of knowledge. It wasn't a physical thing because that when Jesus said that it blew Philip away and he said, oh, I'm going to follow you. That was a, that was a word of knowledge. That was a word of knowledge. We see Paul operating words of knowledge. Uh, I just told you about a couple that we've seen in our own life. Man, the Lord used the word of knowledge in, in, in our friend Yvonne's life to heal her ear. She came up and she asked Lisa to pray for her ear, which she had problems with for 10 years. And the Lord spoke to Lisa and said, actually, you're up here to get your back healed. And Lisa prayed for her. Her back was instantly healed. Her ear was instantly healed. She had just been to a doctor like less than a year before. And he said, this nine-year ear problem that you've had actually stems from an issue in your back. It was the first time she'd ever heard that. She just said she needed her ear healed. But a word of knowledge spoke through Lisa, directed Lisa to pray for her back. And when her back got healed, her ear lined up. That is powerful. Word of wisdom is next. It is different from a word of knowledge. A word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation from God directly from his mind and about his purpose. It's a bit broader than a word of knowledge, which might be about something in your life or something you're dealing with. A word of wisdom is more like you looking at your kid uh, my daughter Ava a couple years ago made a transition from playing middle school sports to playing in the middle school drama team and singing songs instead of trying to shoot basketball. And as her dad, I sat down with her when she asked me about this, Dad, I know you love seeing me play basketball. I know you love coming to the games, but I really feel like I need to do drama. And as her dad, I said, Ava, as your dad, I can see that you excel at drama and singing a lot more than you excel at sports. If you would like to pursue sports, we can do that. But if you want to spend time doing the things that God has called you to do and, 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 and cultivating the gifts he's given you, I think you absolutely should start focusing on drama and singing. That's what God will speak to you through word of wisdom. Hey, you're spending all your time out here doing this or doing that, and you see a little bit of fruit, but let me tell you what I've called you to do. And when you say yes to where he's directing you, you'll see abundance flow like never before. Words of wisdom. This also could be Lord telling you uh, how, to, how to operate at your job, how to run your household. Words of wisdom for every believer. Number three is the gift of prophecy. 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 I just sounded like an 
old-timey preacher just now. This is prophecy. My pastor, Pastor Dean, can't say prophecy without saying prophetic prophecy. He, also, he always says it's prophetic prophecy. I'm like, well, I guess he's right. So prophecy, a supernatural utterance inspired by God, spoken in a known language by the speaker. That's important. Prophecy is a supernatural utterance spoken by someone in a known language. That's important because speaking in tongues is prophetic. It is not in a known language that you know personally. But prophecy is in a known language. And, and, and is a word of wisdom prophecy? Yes. Is a word of knowledge prophecy? Yes. Prophecy is something specific. And it gets very specific. And don't forget, we already read this verse when Paul said, you should desire the most useful gifts, especially prophecy. And isn't that one of the ones that weird people out the most, right? I mean, there's no conference I'll run from faster in my flesh than a conference labeled prophetic conference. However, there's some really good stuff that happens there. And prophecy is what Paul said you should desire the most. But isn't that just like our flesh? Eat the salad. I'm not going to eat the salad. I know it's good for me, but I'm not going to eat the salad. You should desire prophecy. I'm not going to desire prophecy. I'll do all the other ones. No. Desire prophecy. Allow your spirit to lead you into this moment where you're shutting your mind down and you're saying, yes, I want to prophesy. Here's why. 1 Corinthians 14, 3. One who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. God, that's good news. Why wouldn't we want to operate in the gift of prophecy? And why would Paul say any other gift is, is worth using more than this one? No, no. He said especially prophecy because when we prophesy, we encourage. Do you know what the word encourage means? It means you are putting courage on the inside of somebody who may not have courage. The word discourage means to literally take courage out of them. Do you want to be an encourager or a discourager? encourager. Man, that's the Holy Spirit is our encourager. He does it. Man, we can operate with him and encourage others. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to keep on going because we just got a few minutes. Gift of faith, the supernatural ability to believe God without doubt or reasoning. Boy, crazy faith has nothing to do with reason. It will not make sense to our brains, but when God says this is the way, it is the way. Next one, five, num number five, healing, supernatural ability to heal sickness without human aid or medication. If you got the Holy Spirit, you got that. You don't got to wait for the faith healer to come through town. You are a faith healer. You are someone who can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. That was what Jesus said for those who believe. So try it. The worst that can happen is they don't get healed. Right? The best that can happen is they do. That's awesome. It, it, don't worry about your ego. Just let it get destroyed. You don't need that anyway. Number six, working of miracles, supernatural intervention that produces miracles contrary to natural laws. Seven, discerning spirits, supernatural revelation from God of the presence or activities of spirits. Really quickly, this is why this is important, because it says in the book of Ephesians that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but powers, principalities. If we can discern spirits, that's called knowing your enemies. Know who is coming against you. Speak against them with authority. Tell that enemy to back down. And remember, if you ever make the mistake of thinking your enemy is someone made, made of flesh and blood, that's not your enemy. 
is the powers and the principalities and you can discern those spirits and you can say, get behind me, Satan, get behind me, fear, get behind me, lust, get behind me, greed, get behind me, call it by name because you, you have access to the name above all of those names. And here we go, my favorite, number eight, the one the Lord told me to focus on the most today. So this is the rest of the service, speaking in tongues. And here is a spoiler alert for the end of this service. You're going to have a chance to get filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues today if you want that. We're not going to force it on you just like the Holy Spirit's not going to force it on you. But I'm going to give you an invitation to come up at the end of service and pray with our prayer ministers who can lead you in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And if you've never wanted it, I'm going to talk to you for the next six or seven minutes about why you should want it. And if you'll be open, maybe for the first time in your life, in a few minutes, you'll say, I want that. Tongues is a supernatural utterance inspired by God in an unknown language, meaning unknown to the person speaking it. We see so many examples of this in the word. Uh, the one I already mentioned was on the day of Pentecost. The disciples began speaking in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit. And it was languages that were real languages on the earth that they didn't know themselves. That's powerful. I only know of one person who this has happened to, but our friend Jamie wanted to speak Spanish more than anything in his life. Lisa's parents needed an interpreter when they went on the mission field. He studied and studied and studied and things weren't clicking. And one night he went to sleep. He woke up the next morning and I'm telling you, Jamie McSwain speaks perfect Spanish. It just happened one morning. And if you don't believe me, I'll introduce you to Jamie and you will believe me. You'll be like, yep, I believe you. This guy woke up one morning and could speak Spanish. That is a form of tongues. There's another form of tongues that is a heavenly language unknown to the human brain. Why would I want to speak in a heavenly language unknown to the human brain? Acts chapter 2, 4 through 11. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. That was Paul writing that. He said, I speak in tongues more than any of you. My friend, uh, the guy we love and respect, Andrew Womack, who Lisa and I get a chance to minister with him uh, every few months here. He always tells this to people and he's offering this to people. He says, I promise you, I pray in tongues more than everybody in this room. He said, I pray in tongues all day, every day. If I'm not speaking English, I'm praying in tongues. Why is that important? What does it do? Let's talk about it. Number one, did you know in the book of Jude, he talks about praying and speaking in tongues. Jude 1.20, you dear friends must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues builds you up. It, that encouragement we talked about, praying in tongues is like, uh, it's like filling yourself up with liquid encouragement. Like if you could just take a bottle and, and well, I guess some people do take a bottle and drink and get courage, but that's the devil's way of doing it. I'm telling you, I've never thought about this together. Uh, I've never thought about this until this moment, but I've heard people, I've seen people pick up a bottle of alcohol and say the words liquid courage and drink it. That's wrong. That's the devil's perversion of this truth. 
the truth is that there is a way to drink up some courage, if you will, for the believer. And it's praying in the Holy Spirit. And you can put all the alcohol away from this point on and just pray in the Holy Spirit and get the same result without all the puking and stuff. Someone just got set free of alcoholism. So you just take that. It's not going to take a moment at the altar. I'm actually serious right now. It's not going to take a moment at the altar of you crying and getting struck by lightning and getting set free from alcoholism. I'm telling you, you just got set free from alcoholism. Take it, believe it and run with it. Pray in the Holy Spirit and put that stuff down. Jude 120, you build yourself up in the most holy faith when you pray in tongues. How about this one? 1 Corinthians 14, 2, if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. So there you go. If you think, well, so far we've only read about, we've only read from the word about speaking in tongues in a known language, but just unknown to you. Well, here you go. If you were doubting it, people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking only to God. You'll be speaking by the power of the spirit but it will all be mysterious. It'll be mysterious to your human mind because it is not a language you know and your mind can't understand it. Do you know what gets in the way of you praying the revelation of the Spirit? Do you know what gets in the way of you praying for the exact thing you or somebody else needs? It's not the Lord. He's not withholding. It's this brain. It's your mind that gets filled with doubt and unbelief. But when you pray in tongues, you are praying things that only your spirit knows. What is your spirit? Wall to wall, Holy Ghost. So you are praying from the mind of Christ, not the mind of B.J. Sullivan, not the mind of Tom Gordon, not the mind of Rob Johnson. You're praying from the mind of Christ and you're praying things without your mind getting in the way and saying doubt, unbelief, hatred, blah, 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 blah. No, you're praying and bypassing all of that stuff when you pray in the spirit, when you pray in tongues. How many times have you heard the news? How many times have you gotten a call from somebody who's close to you? And in your mind, you think, I don't even know where to start praying for this. Man, our world is having such an identity crisis right now. In my mind, I don't even know where to start praying. But guess what? It's not only my mind up here. I got the mind of Christ and my spirit is the Holy Spirit. And he knows exactly what to pray when my mind says, what do we even go after right now? You are praying the perfect will of God when you pray in the spirit. Number three, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. If I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. That just reaffirms that what we just talked about. Your spirit is praying. It gets your mind out of the way. Number four, it strengthens us personally. First Corinthians 14, four, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. Did you know the Bible was this plain? Some people think I just can't understand it. I'm telling you, you can understand that sentence. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. We could talk about that all day. We don't have time to go into it today, but here you go. Pray in tongues. It strengthens you personally. Do you need strength? Do you need strength? Pray in tongues. So I'm just going to 
go through one through four, praying in tongues, build you up in the most holy faith, confidence, boldness, assurance, courage. Number two, you are praying the perfect will of God, things that you didn't even know you need to pray. Number three, it gets your mind out of the way. And it's like a direct line of prayer with none of the none of the stops that our mind will try to give it through doubt and unbelief. Number four, it strengthens you personally. This is a great one. And this is why sometimes you'll hear us singing in tongues, because number five, it blesses God when we pray or sing in tongues. First Corinthians 14, 16, Paul is talking about leading people in worship. And he says, however, we bless the Lord also when we sing in the spirit. We bless the Lord as we sing in the spirit. I like blessing the Lord. Do you like blessing the Lord? I like it. I want to bless the Lord. I want my entire life to bless the Lord. Man, I want to dedicate everything I do to him. You know where a good place to start is? Man, allow the Holy Spirit to ignite the gift of tongues on the inside of you. And be encouraged. Bless the Lord as you pray, as you speak in tongues. It is powerful. It is so powerful. And let me just tell you this. Your flesh, especially at first, won't love it. It will make you feel uncomfortable. You'll start thinking, am I doing it? Is this even it? That is okay. Because again, I'm going to reiterate it. Your flesh doesn't understand it. But you have a spirit on the inside that is rejoicing and saying, oh, I get to talk now. I get to do this. I, I get to speak. I get to do this. I'm so excited. It is so great. And then the ninth gift is interpretation of tongues. You can pray in an unknown language and it can be interpreted in a group setting like this. It needs an interpretation so everybody can be encouraged. Uh, you can actually pray and get interpretation of tongues if you pray in tongues by yourself. There are times Lisa and I have spent time praying in tongues and then said, what is the interpretation? And you know what we do when that happens? I get a pen, I get some paper out and we write down what the Lord is saying to us. And it is something we still go back to and open it up and say, remember when the Lord spoke this to us and it encourages us even today. Why? Because the word of the Lord is the same yesterday, today and forever. I know that was a lot and I think I spoke fast, 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 like micro machine man fast, but it'll be on a podcast tomorrow and you can listen to a podcast at half speed. So everything I just said at beyond full speed, you can go down to half Z's and I'll be like the gift. Actually, I won't be like that. It'll be really normal. It'll be like the gifts of the spirit are, and you'll be like, well, that's the way a normal person talks. That's great. Somebody's going to listen to me on half speed and be like, well, there you go. That's good. But here's what I want to leave you with. There are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are in every believer and they are for every believer. Some believers work in different gifts stronger than others. Some are called to operate in some of those gifts in a greater capacity than others. They are for every believer to operate in those nine gifts. You have to want to do it. And you got to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You also are filled with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control. When you operate in the fruit of the Spirit, people will be drawn to you. As they are drawn to you, operate in these gifts of the Holy Spirit and direct them straight to Jesus. Because that is what it is all about. And speaking in tongues is what the Lord told me to focus on today, 
the most. So one more time, here are five benefits of speaking in tongues. Number one, you build yourself up in the most holy faith. Number two, you are praying the perfect will of God when your mind just doesn't know he knows and you're praying it. Number three, your spirit is praying. Get your brain out of the way. Number four, it strengthens you personally. Number five, it blesses God. There is nothing negative about speaking in tongues. There is nothing that is not beneficial to you or to your community or even to the Lord about you speaking and praying in tongues. It is powerful. It is not weird. It is part of the normal Christian life. We just got to say yes, get our minds out of the way. And here's what I say to people when I'm praying for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I say, you got to move your mouth and you got to let sound come out because one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control and He's not going to force it on you. Don't just wait any longer. Don't say, it never happened to me. I actually have... A musician that I like a whole lot. I like his music. I always have. He used to be a believer. Doesn't claim to be a believer anymore. I heard somebody ask him why he's not a believer. And this guy straight up said, well, all my friends started speaking in tongues when I was a teenager. And it just never happened to me. And when I realized that God didn't love me enough to give me a gift he gave all my friends, I just said, that's it. I don't want to be with you anymore. I mean, I... I some of you have probably heard of this musician. That's a pretty specific reason for turning away from the Lord. But at the heart of it, this poor guy just doesn't understand that it's not just a, a, a gift that God's withholding from some people and giving to others. You have to say yes. I can sit there and stare at a box on my birthday all day. I can stare at it for 10 years, but I got to get in there and unwrap it, open the box to see what the gift is and then to use it. Why would the gifts of the Holy Spirit be any different? Why do we have an understanding that we either have this, he gives it to us, or he doesn't? But that's not what the word says at all. Too many of us have just taken people's word for it and they told us wrong. Right? They told us wrong or we just assumed something wrong. But you don't have that excuse anymore. Because today you have seen from the word why these gifts are so useful, so beneficial. Especially the gift speaking in tongues today we focused on and if you want to remember what paul said he said especially the gift of prophecy which maybe some of you should take that and run with it and study a little bit about it on your own this week right that's not a bad thing to, to take something that somebody says and go and and let that direct your devotion time for the week let that direct your time with the lord study about that go find out why paul said that but here's what the lord's saying today on pentecost sunday if you've never prayed in tongues, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, this is your time. Amen. Let's all stand.